Welcome to the Stonelaw Church Podcast. I'm Neil Watson. And whether you are a regular worshipper with us, or whether you just listen to this podcast, I pray that the, the words of the message would be a real blessing to you, and that it would bring you closer to God as you experience more of the love of Jesus in your life. So we continue our sermon series this week, looking at life through uh, the kingdom lens, uh, having a kingdom vision. And last week we were looking at seeing the needs of others and responding to it and how that tends to come at a cost to us, that there might be sacrifices that need to be made you might remember the quote that I used where it said that ministry that costs nothing achieves nothing. Ministry that costs nothing achieves nothing. And what a challenge that is. What a challenging statement that we are called to, to this sacrifice as we serve others. And this week we're kind of looking at something similar. Our readings this morning are obviously both from the book of Proverbs. And the first one reminds us that the power of life and death are in our words, in our tongues. It says death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. The tongue clearly has potential to speak life into others, into, into situations, but also has the opportunity to bring death to them. You know, it might stop a, a situation from happening. It might, you know, put a, a kind of a, a real kind of stop to something that's going on, good or bad. But it might also stop someone from fulfilling the thing that they're meant to be doing for God. You know, it's a real reminder to us that that our words matter. Our words matter to to people and to the wider world. You know, the second proverb speaks of a word to someone being like gold. In fact, it's even more precious than gold because it says a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Just imagine what that looks like. You know, a beautiful gold apple with a nice silver setting. Our words matter. Every single one of us here this morning will have been on the end of criticism from someone in our lives at some point. And unfortunately, there may even be someone or some people here in the sanctuary this morning that may well have received criticism today already. It's not even lunchtime on a Sunday. Alternatively, we may have actually criticized someone this morning. It's not even lunchtime on a Sunday. And the thing is, we usually get criticized for things that we ourselves would consider to be our flaws, things that we're maybe not great at, 
they tend to be the things that get highlighted to us. And it's one of those crazy things that as human beings, we tend to gravitate to negativity. We're like little moths to a flame when it comes to negativity. It's, it's fascinating, but, but crazy. We would rather navigate to positive things than, sorry, negative things than positive things. And when it comes to people, we tend to zone in on their flaws, the things they don't do so well, rather than gravitate to the things that they do well, things that they are good at, things that they bring to the table. We just have this tendency to focus on people's flaws. And the thing is, when our flaws are highlighted to us, they don't come as a surprise. We tend to know what they are. Am I right? We know the things that we're not good at. We know the things that we are good at. We don't necessarily need the things that we're not good at brought out into the public sphere by others. And I would probably hazard a guess, for better or worse, depending on how you look at it, um, that in Scotland we are the best. We are the best at highlighting people's flaws. We might not be very good at uh, sport or anything like that, but we're pr pretty good at highlighting people's flaws. And it usually comes under the banner of you know, making sure we keep people grounded. That they remember where they came from. They don't get too big for their boots. We sort of come across as if we're doing this kind of virtuous thing as we tear them down. You know that tall poppy syndrome that runs rife in Scotland where we want to chop people down before they get too big for their boots. And granted, there is a fine line between being really good at something and being incredibly arrogant with it. There is a fine line. And that should be challenged when overconfidence steps in and arrogance and those things should be kept in check. However, when I think about it, this idea of making sure that people remember where they've came from isn't actually something that should be even in the Christian mindset. Jesus' sacrifice means that, that he meets us where we are, but he loves us too much to leave us where we are. This relationship should, should transform us. You know, the transforming nature of our relationship with God through Jesus shouldn't keep us where we're from. We should be taken to this new life, this new way of living. And it's really unfair to continue to hammer people for the things that they're not necessarily good at. Even more so when we're not even going to take into consideration the good things that they bring, the good things that they do. I saw a quote this week. And it said that 
Every person, every single one of us, every person is just one caring person away from success. Every person is just one caring person away from success. That we can be used to help someone else fulfill their potential. And the thing is, there's one thing that unites all of humankind, whether we have a faith or otherwise. And that is that we all seek opportunities to be content, to be happy, to be comfortable in life. We're all on a journey. We just want to be able to live a life where we're comfortable and loved, content, happy. The thing is, I'm not sure the last time you were ever in a bookshop. You seem to be a they seem to be closing left, right, and center as we buy everything online. But I love going to bookshops. But there's been a really weird thing that's happened, a real weird trend that's happened over the last few years. You know, if you go to a, a bookshop and you, you go to the, the Christian section of a bookshop, if you're lucky enough, you might get one rack of Christian books, although they tend to be just different translations of the Bible. Not that there's anything wrong with that. If you are looking for a life that is fulfilled and inspired, then that's probably the best collection of books that you can get. But the thing is, if we were to look at the self-help section of a bookshop, you're probably going to find an entire wall filled with self-help books. How to have the best marriage, how to have the best job, how to make more money, as if all of these things will make your life fulfilled. The list goes on. There are so many different self-help books in different areas. They take up an entire wall. Everyone is searching for this perfect life as they journey through. And that's why there's such a huge market for these books and podcasts, hours of video content on the internet, all consumed with this kind of content of, we will give you the perfect life if you just read this book or you listen to this podcast. And don't get me wrong, there are many, many great books and there are many, many great podcasts and videos. But, it's always a but. The thing is, none of that stuff, none of it, will hit your heart in such a profound way than another human being coming to you and saying, well done. You're really good at that. None of these books or podcasts or sermons will hit your heart in such a way than having that affirmation 
from someone else who sees something in you and says, well done. You're great at that. This week, while I was leading the, the midweek service, we were looking at salt and light and how we are called to be that to the world. And the thing is, this is one way of living that out. You know, we're called to bring light into the darkness. We're called to, to bring flavor to the world, that, that Jesus calls us to be these things. And that's one way of doing it, by actually calling out what someone does well. It's so countercultural. You know, we resist the urge to point out people's negative flaws. And we focus in on their positive attributes, things that they bring to the table, that we, we choose to seek out the gold in people. That we would see things through the, this kingdom lens. Means that our focus isn't on the things that people don't do well, but rather on the things that they do well. The thing is, each one of us is uniquely made. We all have our own passions and gifts to bring to the table. You know, the, the church is this rich tapestry, a rich tapestry all knitted together with individual gifts that God has put in us. And when we come together in this rich tapestry, amazing things can happen. You know, that phrase, the world would be boring if we were all thought the same or we were all the same. That's the beauty of the church. We're not all the same. And we all bring our own different gifts that God has given us. So rather than focusing in on the flaws that people have, let's focus on the things that they do well. Because the thing is, when we start to, to see and call out the gold in people, there are a few things that happen, and I'm going to highlight a few of them this morning. The first thing is that when you actually see that gold in someone else, you start to value them more. You start to value them more. The thing is, if I was to give you a gold coin this morning in your hand, I can bet that you would place a high value on that coin and certainly a higher value on a dirty rag that I give you in your other hand because you recognize that this gold coin has some kind of value to it, far more valuable than a rag that I've maybe washed my windows with. But the thing is, those are both just objects that we've placed value on. But the thing is, when we see the gold in people, where you start to see the value in them, you have a better understanding of just how incredibly precious and valued they are by God, it changes how you see them. That their and our Father in heaven looks upon them as a precious child. even if they don't know it yet. 
So you start to see that gold in them, you start to value them more. The second thing is that you start to treasure them more. As you start to understand just how important they are to God, you start to treasure them. And I'm not going to surprise you when I say this next thing, because I'm pretty sure that we all go through it. I repent of it. But I'm pretty sure you all know what I'm just about to say. There is a great number of people in our world that we maybe struggle to get along with. People that, that don't share our values. People who are different to us. Just people who rub us up the wrong way. And we struggle to get along with them. And when we find ourselves in a position of having to speak to them or be in their company, every time we look at our watch, it feels like the, the minute hand hasn't gone anywhere. Time seems to drag forever when we are in their company. And we're just longing for the time to go quicker so that we can leave. Am I the only one who thinks that? Or experiences that? incredibly difficult but the flip side to that is that when we find ourselves in the company of people we do get along with people that we do value when we look at our watch and we think where's the time going the time just flies in because we enjoy being in their company and we value being with them But the thing is, when we start to put our thoughts and preferences to the side, and we choose to start looking at people in the way that Jesus does, we start to see the gold in them. We start to treasure our time with them more. And it doesn't seem to be such a drag. The third thing is, we start to want to protect them when we see the gold. That when we see the gold in other people, we see how precious they are to God. We, we, we want to treasure them. We know how treasured they are from God. And we now want to protect that. And we want to protect them because that's the other thing that we all want in life. To be protected. To be safe. And when we see the gold in someone, we don't want them to be taken into a place where criticism and highlighting of their flaws gets in the way of them fulfilling their potential, fulfilling the calling that God has put in their life. And we don't want them to stop doing that thing that they do really, really well. We don't want them to give up. So we want to protect that and protect them. And the fourth thing is, that when we see the golden people, we have our focus on what God is wanting to do and say to us. You see, each and every one of us has been given unique gifts from God. And when we start to see that in other people, we get a bigger picture of what God is wanting to do amongst us. You know, I was at a conference this week looking at communication and and just a reminder to us that not one of us is an island. 
and certainly in Christian circles and in, in, the, in the kingdom, that we're not islands, that we're all one family. The thing is, once we start to see God working in the unique gifts that he's put in other people, he re we realize that God is wanting to do something amongst us through that person and through other people. It changes our focus as we see the gold in them. So that's just four reasons for things that happen when we call out the gold in people. But I guess the big question is, well, how do we do it? How do we call out the gold in people? Well, the first thing is we ask. We start by asking. It is that simple. We ask God, what is it that you have planted in that other person? When we struggle to see anything good, anything positive, and we're focusing on the negative, we need to say to God, what is the good that you've put in that person? Show it to me because I'm struggling. What is it that is just there waiting for me to call out? And God knows because he's the one who's put it there. You know, I'm mindful of, of King David and his story and his journey. He's described in the Bible as a man after God's own heart. And the thing is, he was called that long before he became the man we knew. You know, in 1 Samuel 13, we read of Samuel speaking to Saul. And he says, you've done a foolish thing. You've not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Saul had let God down. Saul was chosen to lead God's people and he failed. He turned away from, from God's guidance and he was going to be replaced by a man after God's own heart. The thing is, David was just a shepherd boy, not much to look at, but he was anointed because God had put it in him, chosen. He would be a man after God's own heart. He still had flaws. He failed, but God had put that in his heart. He would become the king of his people. And we need to be mindful that the way that God looks at people is not the same way as we do. God looks at people differently. And we need to spend time in prayer asking God to allow us to see past what is happening in people's lives, to look past what they're doing, who they are in our minds, and look directly to where the goal is and be ready to call it out. And the second thing is once we have asked God to highlight that to us, and once we see it, we need to speak it out over someone. We need to speak it out over people. We need to tell them. 
Ephesians chapter 4, we're given that challenge to speak love and truth to people. And unfortunately, that passage has been used and abused by many people in the church, usually in church leadership or authority. This speaking of love and truth to people in churches is usually used as a disguise for criticizing or abusing other people. I'm just going to speak some love into you. I'm going to lovingly correct you. Nine times out of ten, it's nothing more than criticism of that person and who they are. Failing to see the gold in them. Pointing out their flaws. Flaws that they are probably more than aware of. Because we all are. It's not helping them to, to grow or to understand that God loves them. It tears them down. And the thing is, it's not natural for us to be able to speak love and truth into people. But the good thing is that that's why we need the, the, the help of the Holy Spirit to supernaturally help us to move past the natural tendencies to focus on people's negative things. Where people maybe haven't met our expectations. We need to understand that those were our expectations, not theirs. We don't know their situations. We don't know what's going on in their lives at that point. And this isn't about allowing people to absolve themselves of responsibility. Because if you have responsibility, then you need to be doing things to the best of your ability at all times. So I'm not saying that we absolve ourselves of responsibility. However, each one of us is a human being and we simply can't do everything or be everywhere. There are times where we need to understand that no one is perfect. It goes for us and it goes for other people too. But if we only ever gauge someone solely on the things they haven't done or the negative sides, their flaws, and it might be our friends, it might be our family, people at work, uni, school, We need to be in a place where we are ready to speak the gold, to call it out and to tell people of it. We need to speak to people about the things that they do well, the things that God has planted in them, the blessing that they are to the world. So we need to ask God what those things are, seeking his advice in prayer, and asking the Holy Spirit to highlight the things. And also to give you the strength to be able to share that with other people. It's not easy to do that. But the thing is, we have to do it all the time. It's not just a, a, a one-time thing. And we can tick it off on our good things we've done list. This is something that needs to be happening consistently. That we're continually working at this. That it needs to be part of our culture. We were asking God and then we're sharing it with people. 
then we're asking God and sharing it with people, that it becomes part of our DNA and our culture. And it may well be the same person that God keeps highlighting to you, but that's okay. God's clearly wanting you to, to be part of that, that journey with that person. He wants to use you in that person's life and situation. And that's a privilege where you can keep speaking words of life over them, not words of death. To encourage growth in them. Just imagine a world like that. Just imagine it. Where we're sharing with people the good news of the kingdom and calling out positive things, not focusing on negative stuff. Imagine a world that was operating like that. Where we speak in truth and love to one another. Seeing people's strengths and potentials, just like Samuel did in David. Where he saw his strengths and potential rather than what the world saw. A small shepherd boy. Didn't focus in on the things he didn't do so well. You know, when we ask your kingdom come and your will be done. Every week. The thing is, it's only ever going to start here in the church. Here in the, the body of Christ. We get to be the, the salt and light to the world. All on behalf of our Lord and Savior Jesus. We are all unique here. God has given each one of us a unique gift. And the hope is that, that we find what that is and that we're able to step into it. However, we need to encourage that in other people too. You know that proverb, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. Our words matter. We're called to use those words to build people up. That we would see strengths and potential rather than flaws. Because when we start to do that, we're not only building up someone else, but we're getting a glimpse of what God is wanting to do. And we're getting a glimpse of the heavenly realm. Your kingdom come and your will be done. Glimpses of what God is wanting to do amongst us. But we have a church that's operating with that kingdom vision through that kingdom lens of asking God what we're to highlight and sharing it with people. These amazing things that God is happy with. And as we see it, we're also reminded that while God has planted things in other people, he's also planted them in us. That we too have gifts, potential, strengths. There's gold in every single one of us. And I truly hope that someone takes the time to see it in you. I do. I truly hope that. 
that he would see your potential, to see the best way for you to serve God. And not only that, they would share it with you. They would share that with you. But equally, my prayer is that we would do the same for others as well. That we would do the same. That we would call out the gold rather than focus on the negative. So shall we pray? Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you. We thank you for who you've made us to be. And while we might stumble, we might fall at times, we recognize that you've called us and created us to be a blessing to the world. That you've planted unique and different gifts in each of us. And Father, we're sorry for the times that we gravitate to the negative where we fail to see the strengths and potential in others, but focus in on their flaws. By your spirit, would you inspire, encourage, and strengthen us, that we might be bold enough to ask and to share with others. Lord Jesus, help us to see life through your kingdom lens, rather than our own limited vision. Might we be used to help transform the world and usher in more of the ways in which you wish it to be. And all this we ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.